0: Title of my message is The Spirit of Deborah. And um, of course, we know what the spirit of Deborah was. This woman was full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was upon her and she did mighty things. And I just believe that God wants to impart that Spirit on our women. Praise the Lord. Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says this Judges 5 verses 6 through 9, it says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highway was deserted, they were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased, it ceased in Israel, until I, Deborah, arose. Arose a mother in Israel, They chose new gods. There was war in our gates. There was not a shield or a spear among the 40,000 in Israel. Thank you. My heart is with the rulers of Israel who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, I pray that that same spirit that was upon this woman, Lord, would fill our women in this church, Lord. Lord, I pray that your power would be upon them, Lord God. Father, the things that you've called them to do are both great, Lord God, and they are sometimes hard, Lord. And I pray that your spirit would anoint them to accomplish great things through you, Lord. Father, no matter what the background is, no matter what the history has been, no matter what the things that have happened in anyone's life in here, Lord God, Father, I pray that you anoint them right now for deliverance and healing, Lord. Father, do mighty things through each woman, Lord. In your name I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, This is a very um, interesting two chapters, Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5. And it speaks of a woman who was raised up in the middle of a period of time called the period of the Judges. Now, if you study the Bible, you begin to realize that God separated a people unto himself, the children of Israel. And upon that people, um, he began to bless them. And as long as they stayed faithful to God, he would continue to bless them. But he was always trying to make sure they understood that if they turned their back on God, there were no blessings. And so how many know that they're the perfect example? In fact, the Bible says... They were there as examples to us on how we live our lives, and so if we turn our ear to God, and if we, um, He is the Lord of our life. He's the God of our life. How many know there are a lot of people that don't want Him to be the Lord of their life? They do want Him to be the Savior of their life. They just don't want God to be God, and don't want God to be able to make decisions in their life. And so God, through this people, began to demonstrate, if you live for me and you trust me with your life and, and, and every part of your life, I will bless you so much you won't even be able to handle all the blessing. I'm much more willing to bless than I am to not bless. But he, he began to give us a, almost a picture book to make it really simple for us of what life is like when we don't allow God to be a part of our life. And so we see this nation in their infancy. They're almost like a young child. And they begin to go through... Um, they begin, they're begin; they delivered from Egypt, which many of you know the stories of Moses delivering them from Egypt. And then um, God uh, had them in the wilderness. And God wanted to enter in right away. We know some of us are reluctant to give in and say, "God, I'm ready to enter in to your promised land." And then finally, there was a generation that God said they're ready to go into the promised land. So as you go through the book of Deuteronomy, you begin to see the death of Moses and this generation uh, that's about to go into the promised land, and you see God raise up a person, Joshua. So in the book of Joshua, you see what's called the conquest of Canaan. The conquest of the promised land. And so Joshua faithfully enters in and they begin to take residence into this new life and this new uh, journey that God sent them on. And it's a reflection of what we do when God delivers us from bondage Then we come into this new life of being born again and now we begin to live in a promised land. Which means there are promises available to us that have never been there before. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land of blessing. And our life is now open to every blessing that God has for our life. Can you say praise the Lord? And God puts us into a place where now we can be blessed abundantly by God. But then as they went into the land and they began to live there, God said that there are several pagan nations there that you need to stay away from. In fact... You need to go on and fight these battles to clear them out of the land. And so, many times they were not faithful to go fight. You know why? They were comfortable. They were afraid sometimes. But more than anything, they just didn't trust God enough. And so it's a perfect picture again of the enemies that are going to be there whenever we give our heart to Jesus Christ. There are several battles that we're going to have to fight and several battles that we have to win. And if we don't confront those things in our life that God is saying, hey, I've given you the victory, go take the victory, go fight. Yeah, it may be fearful, it may be difficult, it may be hard, but God has allowed those enemies there to be beat. And, and these children of Israel, they begin to slide away from trusting God. They thought, wow, the land is good, but God wants us to have more, but I'm really comfortable where I'm at. And because they were comfortable where they were at, they began to backslide. And we see this with the nature of us. How many times have we became comfortable where we're at? And we're just not ready to move forward. We're not ready to fight those battles. And man, some of these battles are the same enemies that mom and dad fought they are the same enemies that grandma and grandpa fought. And all these enemies come knocking on your door and they want to destroy your life. And man, I've seen these enemies in my life. I've seen good old my, my good old friend alcohol come to my door and try to knock and say, hey, can, can I come in? Because my family has been destroyed by alcohol. My grandpa, my great grandpa, both died cirrhosis of the liver. They couldn't eat a meal because they drank so much. They would have DTs. How many of you know what DTs are? They had DTs because they couldn't drink. They were impoverished. Family was impoverished. Fam- my grandma worked at a bar. It was a barmaid. And all the kids, nine kids, fought like crazy at those same bars, covered with alcohol. But you know what? In my generation, I fought that enemy. I wouldn't give in to that enemy. I wasn't afraid of that enemy. I fought that enemy, and won the battle. My family doesn't fight that enemy anymore. It's peace. My, my kids don't even know who that is. They don't even know who that enemy is. And one by one, these enemies step forward, and one by one, these enemies say, you could beat that enemy. God says, the victory I've given you, the victory I've given you, the victory I've given to you, and the question is, are we going to fight or are we going to be satisfied? was just a little plot of land when God wants us to have every blessing. And so the book of Judges is about that struggle. It's about a nation who's in the middle of some enemies. They've already destroyed the majority of the enemies and the, a lot of the bigger enemies. And then they just got comfortable. And they quit fighting. And they quit listening to God about, you know, cleaning these things out of their life. And so this is a story of seven different enemies that God had previously told them to destroy and they refused to do it. And so these enemies, what happens to these enemies when you don't destroy them? They get bigger, they get stronger, and eventually we have to confront them anyway, but this time they're really strong. And so these enemies are here, And in their desire to be comfortable, God has to literally find someone he calls a judge or a deliverer to raise up to give the people the will to fight back. So this book is literally seven what's called apostasies. An apostasy means a turning away from God. I mean, I've turned away from God, so now let's see what happens now that I've turned my back on God. And the key verse in Judges is, they did what was right in their own eyes. And it's repeated throughout the book that these people continue to do what was right in their own eyes. And so think about this. This is a reflection of what our life can or cannot be. Are we going to do what's right in our own eyes Or are we going to listen to God and have blessings that are beyond anything we ever imagined? And I'm talking both temporary in this world and the world to come. Blessings beyond our wildest dreams. I can't even tell you. I've sat and dreamed about those blessings that God has before me. And so have every godly person in this Bible. They dreamed about the promises that were ahead of them. Some of them died having never seen them. Because they were coming after this world was over. Praise God. So you have seven apostasies, seven turning your backs on God as a nation. You also have seven servitudes. You know what a servitude is? Seven different times we've served a foreign nation basically as slaves. So every time they didn't defeat the enemy, what does the enemy turn around and do? He puts cuffs on them. He he puts them in bondage. So let it be a lesson again to us. Just begin to learn what the Bible's trying to teach us. If we don't defeat that enemy, we say, "Oh man, I just like to party, though." Eventually, you're going to hate that enemy. You said, "I just like to be free sexually. I, I just want to do what I want to do." Eventually, you're going to hate that enemy. And these are the same exact enemies that these children of Israel, they wanted to be like the other nations. They wanted to turn their back on God. They wanted to go away from God. They said, man, I just want to smoke a little weed. That's all I'm doing. You're going to hate that one day. You're going to begin to hate those drugs that you're putting in your body. It's going to, they're going to bind you up. They're going to begin to destroy your life. You say, well, I just got anger." That's, that's my thing. They're going to begin to destroy every relationship you have, that anger. It's going to turn into old anger, which is bitterness. The bitterness is going to turn into this root of bitterness that's just each up inside. And so God, there are seven different deliverances. There are seven heathen nations, seven servitudes, seven apostasies. And seven different deliverances that are accomplished through 12 people that are mentioned. And so these sevens all mean something. It means that they're all a facet of Jesus Christ's deliverance. So each one is an example of a perfection. Okay, Every seven, like you ever see the seven spirits of God the Bible talks about in Revelation. You say, are there seven spirits? No, there's seven facets of to the Holy Spirit that are amazing. Like one is the spirit of wisdom is part of the Holy Spirit. What's the spirit of wisdom? Well, it allows you to make common sense decisions that are beyond anything you could ever understand. The Bible says the spirit has the ability to give us the spirit of wisdom. So you can be wiser than even reading the circumstances because of this wisdom. It, says the, it gives us a spirit of understanding. The spirit of understanding means that somebody can treat you in the worst way in the world, but you have so much Holy Spirit understanding that you treat them the way that they're supposed to be treated in God, not based on how they act. There's spirit of power, and spirit of power means he supernaturally comes upon you, and you do something that a natural person can't do, but only God can do. So there's seven spirits of God that are all different facets of God's Uh, spirit and his power. And then here are seven different deliverances. And he's speaking a message. This is all a picture of when Jesus Christ would come and deliver us. So I give you that history lesson. There are 12 different judges. And one that I find really fascinating is this Deborah. And Deborah comes on the scene, and she's the only one of the 12 that is mentioned as a prophetess. And a prophetess, you say, well, what is a prophet or a prophetess? Some say, well, they foretell the future. Well, that's a part of it, but an even bigger and more utilized part of prophecy, when they begin to think prophecy, they think this person speaks directly from the throne of God. And this Deborah not only foretold things that were going to happen in the future, but she was so full of the Holy Spirit that she would speak words that were from the direct throne of God. This woman got a hold of God. This woman was a real, true, uh, Holy Spirit anointed woman that would hear the voice of God. Now let me ask you today, how many women in this world, do? We, how, how awesome would it be if women would hear from the Spirit of God and they could speak those words? This woman had a tree that was called the Tree of Deborah. Okay, and she set up a, uh, probably had some type of a tent structure there, but it says that everybody in the entire land came to that tent to hear her speak the words of the Lord. She would speak the word of the Lord, and then you say, man, is this unusual? The whole nation is coming to Deborah? It's unusual. It's very unusual. Every man, woman, child... Would go and, and then and basically when the law of Moses came out a lot of Moses's law was what's called case law it wasn't specific to what happened it was specifically case law so whenever they had a dispute or when they had a legal issue or they had a judicial issue they would come to to to, to her uh, Deborah's tent under this tree and she would speak the oracles of God she would speak the words of God, and they would come to hear what she would say and she would make peace in the dispute. And I, and I want you to think about this day. The other thing that she would do as a judge, this might surprise you. She was actually the leader of the army. A woman. Well, my goodness, Pastor Chad, this, this comes against every part of my theology. Everything that I've ever been taught, a woman should never do that. And can I tell you something? If you begin to read the Bible, you'll shed that opinion very quick. In fact, all through the Bible, you see all the times where God is looking for a man to raise up. I mean, you see somebody uh, being raised up, and you know what? God took just as much care to find the woman He would raise up. How much time did God spend looking for Sarah? How much time did God spend looking for Rebecca? How much time did God spend looking for Rachel? How much time did God spend looking for Hannah that would have Samuel? And there's so many times that God is looking for a faithful woman who is full of the Holy Spirit. And if you are in the Hebrew tongue here, and we didn't read it like we do through English translations, Or we could even go back to a Greek translation or a Latin translation. But if we're in the original Hebrew tongue here, it's painfully obvious every time you read her name that her name means honeybee. You say, well, that's not a, that's, that's not very impressive, right? In fact, not only is it a honeybee, in the Hebrew tongue, that's what her name literally means. Every Jewish scholar will break that down and they'll say, clearly, she's intentionally called that name for a reason. God wanted that to shed light on who she is as a woman of God. And so she's called that, and then it's also a strange little mixture of honeybee that speaks his word, communicates his word. It's two words that all point to those two phrases. And you say, well, man, what does that have to do with the story of this woman? I want you to think, first of all, of her functions. Okay, I want you to picture a woman that spends time with God, hears the voice of God, and her home is like the tent of Deborah. People come, children come to that house because they know that that woman knows the Word of God. That woman loves the Lord And they want to hear the words that she says. Her words mean something. Everybody in the entire land came to her tent. And I'm telling you, there is an anointing that Deborah has that I want the women in my life to have. Some men are very insecure about women who are being used of God. They're very insecure when a woman has some type of anointing upon her. And I say, let's go. I'm not... You have to be secure, men, to know that what God wants to do in our church, we have to raise up women. We have to have this anointing that Deborah had, and we're going to see in a minute why we need it. We need the anointing of every man in this church, but we need the anointing of every woman in this church. And there's some churches you walk into that they just say, leave them them behind. Let the men rise up. Let the men do the work. Let the men do all of this. And when I began to read this story of Deborah, do you know it said there, what I read, it said that you could, the highways were deserted, the travelers walked along the byways, village life ceased, it ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, a mother arose. And said, well, what's happening here? What's happening here is, you know, there are some cities you walk in that Satan had so got a hold of that city There's some neighborhoods that Satan so got a hold of that city or that neighborhood, you can't even walk in the streets. You're not even safe to walk in the streets, man. You got people running up and down those streets. It's getting that way in some parts of Evansville and Henderson. How many know that's true? And there's so much lawlessness in the land and everybody is doing what's right in their own eyes. and, And I say, man, that don't apply to us, does it? But you see a world where everybody does what's right in their own eyes, and the world that we live in, this is coming home to us. And they don't know what to do. None of the men, it says, none of the men, it says they chose new gods, there was war in the gates. There was not a shield or a spear seen among the 40,000 in Israel. There was not a man that would stand up and fight. There wasn't a man that would stand up for God. There wasn't anybody else that was hearing from God, but God rose up and, and raised up a mom in Israel. He raised up a woman who they call Honeybee. I'm sorry, I wish I had a more vicious animal. But then I began to study this, and I thought, what does that mean? And so I started studying some beekeepers' journals and trying to figure out what does this mean. How many have ever studied this? This um, These female honeybees, okay, they start their own colony of these bees, right? And the females are all just alike, right? But there's one, like Deborah, and it says the difference between the one queen bee and the rest of them, because they're all the same, okay? And they're all really important to that hive. The men are called drones, Okay, and they don't do a whole lot. Okay, this is a facet of God's deliverance. There's times when men aren't stepping up. There's times when men do step up and the women are right beside them and they're all full of the anointing and they're unstoppable. But there are times when a man in the land won't stand up. And God starts looking to the women because he knows he can find somebody who will step up. And so he begins to look around and this, this queen bee begins to separate herself from the other female bees by something called royal jelly. Okay? They begin to feed her royal food. And she begins to grow and grow and grow. And all of a sudden, she's what's called the queen bee. And if you have any of the Holy Spirit in this place to help you today... I can begin to tell you, when you begin to get full of God's Spirit, when you begin to get God's Holy Spirit, you begin to get that Word in your heart, and you begin to learn God's Word, and God begins to anoint you with power. The Bible says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit, and I will pour them out on my sons and my sons only. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I will pour out my Spirit upon my sons and my daughters, and they will prophesy... They will do mighty, mighty things in my name. And I'm telling you, when the women begin to seek God, there's this prophetic anointing that comes upon a Deborah. And this royal food begins to get in your soul. And it begins to get inside of you. And you begin to grow abnormally. And you begin to uh, get this anointing upon you. And God begins to do mighty things through the women. The funny thing about this woman, never mentions her having a child. She's a mother of Israel, mother in Israel, but I've never seen a child by her. So I don't know if she even had children. Women, do you hear me? God's going to raise up women that are going to have influence in this world, and they're going to be fed with a royal diet of God's Word. God's Spirit is going to anoint them with power. And we live in a world where they say women should have no influence, but God said, no, my spirit is going to pour this spirit upon you like Deborah, and you're going to do mighty things in my kingdom. And this queen bee, they say it's one of the most perfectly unified communities that, that can possibly exist. In fact, it's a, the, the, the Jewish study of this book, they talk about how this is really, in the bigger picture, a foreshadowing of what the Holy Spirit does to the church. And these bees begin to communicate with each other. And this communication is so precise. They've spent, uh, even all the way back to 300 B.C., they've been studying these bees. And you begin to see this anointing that's on Deborah in these Hives. This bee is in there, and you know that this bee does this little dance. And I will not do that dance for you today. You do not want to see a chubby male bee trying to do the female waggle dance, all right? So I'm not going to do it, all right? But she does this little dance, and it's almost... She has several varieties to this dance. And as she begins to do this dance... She has all kinds of things she communicates through it. She uh, can tell them, in fact, the, uh, the, the worker bees come back and they do similar dances. And they communicate, they literally communicate exactly where the flowers are that they need to be harvesting. And you talk about matching perfectly with where they're at. They're supposed to go in a land that flows with milk and honey, and the honey is the blessing. And she can literally send these bees out. This community is so unified and so organized. She'll send these bees out, and they'll tell them literally with the foot, within the foot, where the flowers are that they're supposed to pollinate. And they can do one kind of dance and say they're close to the hive. They can do another dance and say they're a little further. They do another dance that shows them exactly where the sun is at. And they just have this communication, and it's like, man, you're going to go out and do this work, do this work, do this work. And these worker bees, which are all the females, they begin to communicate back and forth. And they say the amount of work that one hive can do is almost impossible. And it's because they're so unified. Do you hear what the Spirit's saying? Man, especially this anointing upon our women. God is putting an anointing of Deborah upon our women to accomplish great things, to be able to communicate with the Spirit of God and speak it. God's going to cause you to speak, and you know she has influence over this entire high. You say, well, what's that have to do with me? What it tells me is God's got an anointing that if you'll get a hold of His Spirit, you'll get fed by His food. If you will trust God in your life, you're going to have influence over communities. Your whole family is going to look at you and they're going to call you blessed. They're going to sit in your house and hear words from God from you. God's going to prophesy to your family through you if you apply yourself to God. And you say, well, wait a minute. I don't know if I could be one of these people. Anybody here ever heard of Rahab the prostitute? Rahab the prostitute. Do you know that Rahab the prostitute had a son? might know his name? Boaz. Do you know that Boaz was a child of Rahab? Do you know that Boaz was the one that redeemed Ruth? Boaz and Ruth, they had a great-grandson, I think it is. Grandson, great-grandson. And you know that David supposedly wrote the... Proverbs chapter 31 about the virtuous woman, about his grandmother, Ruth. And Boaz was the husband. So Rahab the prostitute gave her heart to God, and Rahab the prostitute became a giant in the kingdom of God, and she was formerly a prostitute. Isn't that amazing? That God's Spirit will get a hold of anybody. Anybody? The line of David had Ruth, it had Rahab the prostitute. I mean, it had all these different people that God got a hold of their heart and they became mighty in the household of God, even though their past was pretty shady. And God did great things through them. So then this woman, Deborah, another thing that these she has the power to do How many have ever been around a swarm of bees? One of the things they'll say about a bee is they're honey, if you like them, if they like you. But if you're their enemy, you'll get the stinger. And a bee is a funny thing. Because you know they have another dance. They'll stand in the doorway and the worker bees will come in. And just one little alert from those bees... One little word. And you know, they can cover your body like clothing could never cover you. How many have ever seen somebody covered in bees? And this Deborah, this is what you see in this chapter. She arises because there's a group called the Canaanites. And the Canaanites, they have made slaves and they went into servitude to this foreign, enemy. And you say, well, what's that have to do with me? Well, it has to do with you is that around us and our families, there are enemies called demons, and that's what they represent. There are enemies called demons, and they are overpowering people in this world. You say, well, how does somebody commit suicide or spend half their life wanting to commit suicide? It's because one of these enemies that God's showing us how to have deliverance over is so impressed upon their mind that they don't want to live anymore. And God's raised up people like Deborah to show freedom to the captive. God doesn't want them to be burdened anymore by an enemy saying, kill yourself. God wants to raise up deliverers that will deliver from the demon of depression. God wants us to be delivered. God wants us to have the honey in the land. Honey is the blessing. God wants us to have the blessing in the land. God wants us to be able to defeat the enemy. These Canaanites came in, and it said they had 900 chariots of iron. Now, they would not allow Israel to have any iron. They would only give them certain types of metal that had to be resharpened. And there was only one group that could resharpen it, and guess who it was? The Canaanites. So they were always at the mercy of the Canaanites. But then this woman arose... And all these years they couldn't even go in the streets it was so bad. The Canaanites were heavy upon them. Canaanites would kill their people anytime they wanted. They oppressed them heavily. And how many know in this world there are lots of things that are oppressing our family? And God wants to raise up women. This is a facet of deliverance that God wants to do. He wants to raise up women to deliver us from the yoke of the enemy. And if we don't raise up women that are full of the Spirit of God... We're missing out on some of the deliverance that God has in store for this church. And he raises up Deborah, and Deborah rises up, it says. How many know we need some moms to rise up? You say, well, I don't have any kids. She may not have either. And God wants some moms to raise up and some moms to stand up and some moms that won't back down, some moms that will trust God, because at this point, nobody trusted God in the land. She calls for the general of the army, which is Barak. And the general of the army comes to her. She asks for him to come. And she said, go against the Canaanites. God said he's given victory in your hand. Now what do you think his answer was? Sir, yes, sir. Was not his answer. You can read it in Judges 4 and Judges 5. The answer of Barak was... I won't go alone. If you go with me, I'll go. (laughs) Okay? I want you to see the state of their army at this point. Okay? It's kind of like, I won't go out in the dark to get something out of the car, but if you hold my hand and go with me, I'll go. Okay? I'm scared to do it myself. I'm not right with God, but I know you're right with God, so if you go with me and hold my hand, maybe they won't kill me. And so here it is. This is no little task. Okay, drug addiction is not a little task. Suicidal thoughts is not a little task. Sexual behavior is not a little task. Okay, but they're confronting an army with 900 chariots and they have zero. The only thing they were trained in was hand-to-hand combat. That was it. The um, Canaanites really weren't that well trained in hand-to-hand combat because they had iron chariots. They'd just run you over, Okay they just run through everything and destroy you. And they were a very formidable enemy. Nobody wanted to fight them. But a woman said, a mom in Israel said, God has given us victory. Now that is the message all of them should have had. All of them should have had the message because God said he would fight their battles for them and they would not lose a single man in that land. But nobody believed him but this woman. And somebody may not believe that your child can be delivered from drugs. Somebody may not believe that your neighbor can be delivered from alcohol. Some people may not believe that God can deliver that person in your life that's being destroyed by the enemy. You might be the only one that believes. And she said, Barack, I will go with you. And she said, you just set your army up and I'm going to lure them down into this river valley. Now, this was the time of the year when the river valley was completely dry. Completely dry. And so the chariots were like lightning. I mean, they'd run you over really quick. And so here comes Barak, and they could see him in the distance, and he was coming through. Or, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, what is his name? Sisera. Uh, he was uh, coming through with all of his chariots, the, the, General of the, um, of the um, I should look at my notes, Canaanite Army. So he's coming through with his 900 chariots. And there she is, and there he is, and I'm sure Barak is like, I don't know. But she's like, yeah, you just watch. And at the moment he comes through, rain begins to pour down from heaven. Just begins to pour, pour, and pour. They slew every one of the Canaanites in that army, except one, and that was the general. And he took off running on foot. Now, why would he take off running on foot when he has a chariot? You know that there were certain battles that had been fought on that same ground, and the same thing happened. A sudden rain would come. Chariots of iron do not do well in mud. Okay, everybody's chariot was stuck. Nobody could get through. Everybody took off on foot. And, of course, they were trained in hand-to-hand combat and had more men and less chariots. So God gave a great victory that day. God raised up a woman who was confident in the Word of God. Raised her up. People came from all around to hear her words, and she spoke faith into that nation. Do you know that nation was in bondage for 20 years to the Canaanites? And after this woman rose up, there was 40 years of peace and revival among that group of people, because God raised up a mom. Praise the Lord, worship to you if you'd come up. I've got a lot more here, but praise God. if you would stand with me this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Just bow your heads this morning. You can turn the lights down for me, Curtis. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord God. Oh, Father, we know that your word is not idle words, Lord God. Father, but your words are powerful, Lord God. They're like a sword. Oh, Father, I pray right now, Lord God, over this congregation, Lord God. Father, that the word would be received. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. If I could have the women in this church, if you would come up to the front, not just the mothers, I want the women in this church. And I'll tell you something that uh, I listen to the Spirit of God, and God has been telling me for the last year that He's raising up women in this church. And God's going to do a mighty thing. And you say, well, maybe that's just the way you are. Not the way I am. It really isn't. Okay, if I went with my own thoughts and my own things, I would have never said to myself, God's raising up mighty women in this church, but God spoke it to me. Come up a little closer. Don't be scared of me. You're a whole colony of bees. You could destroy me. All right, come a little closer. (laughs) All right, men, if you would come up behind them, I I want you to come up behind them. Praise the Lord. Everybody just close your eyes for a second. Let me ask you one question. God wants to bless every person in this church. And I don't ever want to preach a message where I don't give you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord. So I want everybody to close their eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. I don't need any help looking for hands. Everybody close their eyes. We're going to pray together this morning. We're not going to embarrass you, but if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I mean, like the real Lord of your life, we've all wanted Him to be our Savior. Everybody wants a Savior, right? Why would you say, I wouldn't want to be saved? But what God wants is people that will make Him the God of their life, the Lord of their life. We'll get out of our own seat of making our own decisions and our own opinions. And we'll say, God, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to be like this woman who heard from God. She heard the voice of God. She spoke to the people around her the words of God. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, I just want to see your hand. Nobody is even looking around. It's amazing, really. Every eye is closed. That's you today. You've never given your heart to the Lord. Not just the women, but anybody. I've never given my heart to the Lord, but I want to today. I've never made Him the Lord of my life. Anybody here? All right. Praise the Lord. We're going to begin to pray today. If I could have some people to come up here and help me pray for these women. Eddie, where are you? Mike. Where are you? Worship team, we ready? All right. Let's begin to pray over as many men as I can get up here that are comfortable praying. Make sure we pray for Connie right here too. I want to pray over all the women today. And I just want to pray God's anointing would be upon these women. Let's bow our heads and pray and just wait a few minutes and let us get a chance to go around and pray. Heavenly Father, right now, I just pray your anointing upon every woman, Lord. Lord, this message, Lord God, was not my message, Lord. It's your message, Lord. Oh, Father, you're raising your spirit up, Lord God. Father, you're anointing, Lord. Father, I can't be in every home, Lord God. Oh, Father, but you place people there, Lord God. You place Deborahs, oh, Lord God, who aren't afraid of the enemy, who will not back down from the enemy, who will not be afraid of the things of this world, Lord God. Their confidence is in you, Lord God. Father, I pray right now a mighty anointing upon our women, Lord God. Lord, you told me you're going to raise them up to prophesy, Lord. You're going to raise them up to preach Lord God you're going to raise them up to teach Lord God father they're going to hear your words and they're going to begin to speak it Lord father you're going to feed them with a royal diet Lord God oh father you're going to begin to raise them up for such a time as this Lord God oh father I pray a mighty anointing right now Lord a mighty anointing upon our women Lord God Oh, Father, mighty for the tearing down, Lord God, of every stronghold, Lord. Oh, men, come and help me right now, Lord. Right now, Lord, I pray that you raise the men up, Lord God. Let us not be a place where we will say there are no men that will stand up. Let this not be a place where it says that there are no men who would stand up. Men begin to lay hands on these women, these mighty women, Lord God. Father, you're going to raise them up, sons and daughters, Lord God. Your spirit is going to be poured out. Oh, Father, you've raised her up for a purpose, Lord. Oh, Father, begin to pour it upon her right now, Lord God. Prophesy to her spirit right now, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God. Mighty, Lord. Mighty, Lord God, right now. Mighty, Lord. Oh, mighty, Lord God, like the tents of Deborah, Lord God. Oh, Father, let your words flow from her lips, Lord God. Oh, Father, let the blessings flow, Lord God. Oh, right now, Lord God, begin to be poured out, Lord. the hallelujah. Father, right now, begin to be poured out your spirit right now, Lord. Come on, man, begin to pray. Hallelujah, right now, Lord. Oh, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Oh, the power of your spirit. god lord for every time the enemy's trying to knock down these women lord god every time he's tried to pull courage out of them lord god oh father they are the uh, pillars of their homes lord god oh father they are the pillars lord god oh right now lord god begin to raise them up begin to encourage lord god oh mighty power lord god upon our women lord god Oh, mighty things, Lord. Mighty Lord, mighty Lord. Form your spirit, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, more, Lord, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord God. Begin to pour it out, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord God. Oh, rise, Lord. Oh, rise, Lord God. Father, a mighty spirit, Lord. Oh, a mighty spirit upon these women, Lord. Mighty, Lord God, there's nothing that they cannot accomplish, Lord God. There is no ceiling, Lord. Oh, they're man-made ceilings, Lord God. Father, pour your spirit out right now, Lord God. Even upon the men, Lord God. Father, a respect, Lord God, that they've never had, Lord, more than ever, Lord. Oh, a mighty respect, Lord God. Lord, mighty Lord God, mighty Lord. Oh, yes, Lord God. Lord Jesus, oh, yes, Lord God. Let your word, Lord God, let your word, Lord God, be implanted in each heart, Lord. All in a prayer promise, Lord God, mighty, Lord. Oh, courage, Lord God, more than she's ever had, Lord. Oh, the anointing, Lord God. Oh, Father, anointing in the workplace, Lord God. Oh, that same anointing that Deborah had, Lord God, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of power, Lord God. Oh, Father, mighty things, Lord. Mighty, mighty things, Lord God. Father, you've her for a purpose, Lord, a plan, Lord God, oh, mighty Lord God, mighty Lord God, for the tearing down of every stronghold, Lord, oh, arise, Deborah, yes, oh, a mighty spirit, Lord, oh, mighty spirit, Lord God, oh, yes, Lord. No, 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 no. Oh right now, pour it out, Lord God. Mighty anointed Lord. Oh, mighty anointed Lord. Oh, my oh, Father, I come against the enemy right now that would say there's insignificance. Oh, Lord God, that would say that we're insignificant in any way, Lord God. Oh, Father, because you've raised them up, Lord God. Raise them up deliverers, Lord God. Oh, Lord, you raise them up to tear down every stronghold, Lord God. The enemy knows. Oh, the enemy knows if he can destroy value, Lord. Power, Lord. Power, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Oh, purpose like she's never had, Lord God. More. More anointing, Lord God. More strength. More power, Lord God. Oh, Father, everything that's ever happened in her life, Lord God. Oh, she was created for a mighty purpose, Lord God. Oh, Father, she's going to begin to walk in those steps, Lord God. Oh, she's going to begin to see the glory all around her, Lord God. Oh, Father, you're going to begin to impart, Lord God. Yes, Lord, God, a seed, Lord. Oh, Father, she's going to bring forth every promise, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, right now, arise. Oh, arise. Oh, yes, right now, Lord, more. Strength. More, Lord. More, Lord, right now, Lord, God, your anointing, mighty anointing upon her right now, Lord. Father, to shake the kingdom of the enemy, Lord. Oh, Father, you've done so many mighty things through her, Lord God, Lord, Lord. Don't even have kids, some of you. And the mothers and those women are the pillars of their household. How many know that? As I was praying, that just kept coming to me. You're the pillar of your household. You're the one that provides and nurtures, and, 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 and God's put you there for a mighty ministry that everybody here doesn't aren't even aware that you accomplished. And let me tell you something. Uh, this whole anointing of uh, Deborah. lot deeper. You know, there was one other Deborah, and this Deborah actually ministered over her grave, and it was Rebecca's nurse. And that's what I said, this ministry of Deborah is really a deep teaching. Because this nurse literally took Israel, Jacob, when he was a baby. She was a nurse that was with Rebekah her whole life. And they mourned the day they buried her right near the site where Deborah set her tent up. But I want you to think about this anointing that Deborah had. This Deborah was a nurse who literally took care of Israel from the time they were a baby. Israel was raised, Jacob went through all of his trouble. And as Jacob went through his trouble, guess who was by his side all the way through? Until the day that he buried her, and he called the place of extreme weeping. He cried and cried and cried and cried, because that nurture that raised Israel since they were a baby, had died. Now, who do you think that they're talking about there? They're talking about the Holy Spirit. But he's saying, mothers, you play a role in the Holy Spirit that most fathers will never even know of. You're a nurturer. From the time they're a child to the time they're an adult, they look to their mom. And the Holy Spirit's going to nurture us. The Bible says in one place he's going to nurture us like a mom nurtures a baby. So God's put an anointing upon you to reach people like a man most of the time can't even reach. God's called you to nurture, and then God's called you to make war too. Did you see the other Deborah? So I just want to encourage the women as we close in prayer. God has called you to a mighty word. and I want to see God accomplish in it. There's no ceiling. There's no ceiling. God is pouring His Spirit out upon every man and every woman more spirit upon you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the women in our lives, Lord God. Help us show more respect and love, Lord God, and be more of an encouragement, Lord. Father, I pray that your anointing would be upon us, Lord. Oh, Father, in every home, Lord God, where they minister, Lord, make them aware of their ministry, Lord God. Make them be aware of their anointing. I pray an anointing like Deborah had upon me. Lord God.